Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we waved farewell to the 60s in sozzled style, thanks to Withnail and I, which means today we're being welcomed to wine country as we discuss the fragility of the Pinot Noir grape and more in 2004's Sideways. Hold the glass up and examine the wine against the light. You're looking for color and clarity. Now, stick your nose in. There's some strawberry. Oh, there's just a flutter of like a like a nutty Edom cheese. When do we drink it now? Mmm. Are you chewing gum? No. Spit it out. So which film will age with us like fine wine and which will be a hangover we'd rather forget? We'll know by the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. All I know is I'm an actor. All I have is my instinct. You're asking me to go against it. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. So my choices this week, I'll remind you why these two films go together like wine and more wine. We've talked about doing Withnail and I for a long time and Sideways is a brilliant competitor, even if I do say so myself. And uh, you thought of it, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we spent ages, didn't we? Yeah. we what was it? it was going to be? It was going to be the Terry Gilliam one, Fear and Loathing. Yeah. And Bruce Robinson did talk about that on the commentary, but no, this was the right choice, Alex. Thanks very much. Well yeah. done for listening. My choices this week. Uh, so who knows? Who knows which way it's going to go this week? Uh, uh, has anyone made up their mind already? 
Yes. Yeah, so have I. Okay, well, let's find out, though, because it could very well be sideways. Uh, before we get started, though, it's time for a, a, a regular dip. I'm Jeopardy. This is you. This is... you've. Uh, I don't you've... know. You made that sound like it, you'd already made it in mind it was with Nell and I, but you never know. It could be sideways. Right, but uh, it couldn't be sideways either. Has that helped? <laughs> <laughs> Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Right then, uh, before we do uh, get into this movie, it's time to dip once again into it. I really, just let me, let me backtrack. It really could be the film. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just, I just don't want to. You people... haven't even touched the Merlot. I'm going to open it now. Listen. Give me a Proof. second. Okay. I'm just going to, I was waiting to get there's, to the. There's the old classy screw top. Lovely. Can we hear you? Can we have a little sip? Mm. I'm going to drink it from the bottle. Yeah, I didn't bring cups. Mmm. <laughs> mm. Hotter than room temperature. <laughs> also, and it's a pretty hot room. Yeah, blood warm, mm. as it should be. Yeah. Pretending like you care, though. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, have, I contain to... multitudes, all right? And I've been very many public facing selves. I've never seen you have to dip into the acting bag before <laughs> and pretend that you minded that it was warm. It was minded what it tasted it was like. <laughs> it was Whitnell esque. It was like you were performing to a bored wolf. Yeah, you think you know me, but you don't. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, both films are about actors. Y- yeah. <laughs> there was a connection. You said that. Did we, we not do that? that? I'm pretty okay. sure we did I said that. writers, but I didn't say actors. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, carry on. Uh, so, uh, for the third time of asking, before we get into this film, <laughs> stop pretending you're not loving it. No, now I'm worried about getting blue mouth, so oh, you will tell me, it, won't you? It's yeah. an audio podcast, it's yeah, fine. But you'll be able to see it. Mm. What? I haven't already. I've only had a sip. <laughs> All right. Maybe it's just a bit did, of tobacco. Did her teeth, <laughs> <always, laughs> teeth always look like that? Rude. <laughs> so for the fourth time <laughs> of asking, before oh. we get into this movie, it's time for a regular dip into the digital mailbag and a review from Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. I'm really worried this is one I've read before as well, but I liked it so much. For God's sake, it's anyone. It's just <laughs> a little bit hotter than normal. Uh, Clash the Titans. Oh. <laughs> So what's written? Uh, something new, something fresh by Shay Dig. Uh, take one part cinema love, one part three-way critical analysis, and two parts semi-obscure films from the past, and you begin to enjoy the cinema sandwich that is Clash of the Titles. Upon first listen, I found myself reaching for the nearest computer to Google the special moments and trivia that these three savants easily dispense as part of a lively and dynamic discourse that combs over the dunes of my adolescence and places me in a womb-like trance of happiness. Give it a listen. And give Alex Zane a pass for choosing the net over hackers. <laughs> we should all want to live slash exist in, the no- in that nostalgia, mate. Back when life was as pure as Jolie's lips and as clean as zero cool screen gaze. <laughs> My boy Chris Tilly knows what's up. Hack the planet! Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> was that written by Paul Giamatti's character in this film? <laughs> wow. That's a great review. Thank it's you for that. It's a lot. Thanks, Shay Dig. Thanks, Shay Dig. Hey, Dig. Loved it. Loved it. And anyone who in 2022 goes, hack the planet! Yeah, gets <laughs> full marks from me. I've, I'm going to start using that you again. You should bring it back. I think it'd be great. And, and, and Harking back to, I think, our first episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, but then some people do go back. Like some people tune into a, a later episode and then start from the beginning again. That's podcasting. Apparently, we're very bingeable. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been on Twitter. Let's get on with it. All right then. So on Monday, Chris spoke, so we knew we'd been spiked. Which means today, Vicky is leaving. If anyone orders any fucking Merlot, despite the fact she is drinking it right now. Uh, sorry, what I should have said is sorry. Vicky is staying. If anyone orders any drink. <laughs> 
<laughs> v, takes on a journey. <clears throat> Being a middle-aged white dude is hard. Mm. You could be miles. You're all grown up. You're in pain and so engulfed by an existential crisis that you have the gall to equate yourself with an ancient and haunting grape, but... You get your kicks by wanking to teen news. <laughs> or you're Jack, coasting through life, easy breezy, shagging out that moves. But facing the consequences of your actions, i.e. your fiancé leaving your cheating ass, makes you cry like a goddamn child. So these two men babies go on a trip up country because Miles knows wine and Jack knows women so that Miles can patronise Jack and women about wine and Jack can abandon Miles and wine for women. They encounter two meat sacks that some man writers <laughs> have tried to render as women, but stopping after pot available one and divorced available one and lying connive their way into their lives and beds and lie to each other and are generally just miserable fuckers who deserve each other. Like the wine it so single-mindedly celebrates, every time you think you've tasted strawberry, there's a nutty cheese, some actual Edam in your wine. Sideways is an unforgettable tale of a micro-redemption between two utterly flawed friends that is as delicious as it is repulsive. Mm. There you go. Meat sex. Meat. <laughs> I, I've written down meat sex. <laughs> we need to interrogate that <laughs> later. Wow. Oscar nominated meat sex. <laughs> she does a lot with a litter. Mm, I believe oh. she's on the screen for 12 minutes. Yeah. Barely legal as well. I, you see, I, it's I, so gross. But it's good gross. But it is gross. But I, you see, I took that the opposite way. I thought, I thought the joke was that he. I thought it was a, a, an attempt at the film to say he's such a good guy that he actually bought barely legal and just reads it. Like he, you know. I'm sorry. I know. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought, what? What bit does he read? Well, the articles. The articles. I, 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 I'll be honest. I didn't understand that. That, that him reading it. But it, I think the joke was that he he wanted the new one. Mm. Yeah, he gets it every yes, week. Yeah. That's the joke. You know, there was a a, a teen sort of action comedy comedy thing uh, where a teenager at school is actually also a hit person and uh, she's a girl and uh, it was called Barely Lethal. Ooh. Someone thought that the way to market a, a movie to teens was a play on Barely Legal. It's not. No. Okay, so uh, when did you... I'll tell you when I saw it, actually. I saw it on a BAFTA screener in 2005 when I was at work. <laughs> so there you go. That's my history with this film. I was a bit nervous about watching it. I didn't think it was for me and I loved it. I'll go. Uh, I remember watching this once, but I don't remember it uh, because you know how easily influenced I am by movies. And after about the second glass of wine they they, they had on screen, I decided that oh, you know what, I might have a bit of wine as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, fair enough. I might have a little bit of wine, and so I remember enjoying it, but I, I don't remember it. So in many ways, this was a first watch <laughs> for me. Mine wasn't far off yours, <laughs> but um, I went to a preview screening of it for press. Oh, and... did you rep someone in the movie? How did you? Get... <laughs> And um, they did ply us with wine beforehand. And um, yeah, sometimes I think, is this, are they bribing me? Are they trying to butter me up? But with this, it was so useful because this film does make you crave wine. And I had such a lovely experience watching it with a few glasses of wine that that Christmas, when it came out on DVD, I bought it for my mum and dad with an expensive bottle of wine and said, watch this together, drinking this wine, you'll enjoy it. That's a thoughtful watching it, Yeah, watching this week, I was thinking, this is a weird film to give my parents. But... Um, they did love it. Yeah. So it's, it's a great movie. Was it, weird, so, was it a weird film to give your parents? It's a very mature, adult, charming comedy. No, it is. It is. We're all mature. I mean, he steals from his mum. Um, mm. It's like I'm telling my mum something. <laughs> <laughs> Check your drawers. Um, literally. Um, but yeah, and I've revisited it a couple of times since, but not in about 10 years. It's been. It's given me a slight existential crisis, actually. Yes, exactly. Watching it here, because I was 26 when I saw this, yeah. and Paul Giamatti was 37, 
uh, which was 11 years older than me. And I'm now seven years older than him in this film. Yeah. And also, you know, wanting to, being a writer, wanting to aspire to greater things. It was like, it's an interesting revisit. Mm. I'm glad I've watched it now that I've written a few scripts that obviously haven't sold, but I've written them mm. than three years ago when I just wanted to write. Because it would have put you off. <laughs> I feel, well, I just feel better about myself. I don't feel as miserable. <laughs> I get oh, that's that. nice. I get that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, well, let me talk you through. I've got some stuff to say. It's not, I haven't done like tons of research because I got really sidelined by this interview that I read with Rex Pickett that I want to talk about. Oh, um, okay. I mean, he has a podcast. Did Does you listen he? to his podcast? No, I don't like the man, so mm. I'm not going to listen to his podcast. Yeah, but it's work. Um, <laughs> he, he's not a goodie. No, he's not. Um, I have some stuff from. The, I know the. I'm probably know the interview you're going to talk about. Yeah, it's unreal. It's he. Well, he is Miles. So, yeah, so yeah, you're going to say he's obviously it's autobiographical, a bit like with a lie. But it's. Um, but when you hear him and you read him, you think, wow, you are this small-minded, dickhead, nasty. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to go any further. What did, what did you say? What did you say to me, Vicky? You said it's amazing that Alexander Payne managed to craft something that isn't reprehensible from his <laughs> words. <laughs> I said it's inspirational right. that he managed to do so, it. And I've just noticed another connection. Um, Rex Pickett worked on the Alien Three script. Did that's, he? That's a connection with Alien Three and with Nell and I. Because oh, of Richard about E. Grant. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and Ralph Brown. And Ralph <laughs> yeah. Brown. I feel like we're moving into six degrees of separation, but yeah, I see what you've done there. Yeah, okay, okay, because Ralph Brown's in Alien, Alien 3, 3, and he wrote Alien 3, kind of. And and Ralph Brown's, yeah, okay. Anyway, Vicky. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, here we go. So, uh, based on. I'm going to have to catch up. Let me open my wine. I need okay, to drink yeah. it because I'm going to be talking a lot. So, let me just take a little drink here. <laughs> Vicky, stop making that noise. <laughs> that is not a little... Is that what you call a little sip? Jesus. Only small bottles. You, did, you just finished the whole thing. <laughs> okay, shush. So, based on an unpublished book by Rex Pickett of the same name, it was picked up and adapted by Alexander Payne and writing partner Jim Taylor for Payne to direct with Fox after DreamWorks rejected it. So, the film and the book come out at the same time, which is very helpful for Rex Pickett, because uh, the sales obviously went through the roof. Because oh, this good film, for Rex, that's great. Yeah, more but, on him later. But also, he only, he only got paid five grand for the book, which for the is amazing. Rights, or for uh, the actual... No, for, for, he sold the book to St. Martin's Press. Yeah. There was some fire sale. After they'd sold the film rights, you would think that that would actually smart, help you. Smart people. Hold on, Alexander Payne's making yeah. a film of pay this. Him, pay this dick <laughs> the guy as that, little as possible. The guy that does that election and about Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. And then five grand for it. I mean, he said he ultimately made 400 grand off the back of it. Yeah. I guess it sold a lot of copies and it he did. did all right out of that. Yeah. But it's mad to me that this book sold for five grand. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I haven't read it. I mean, I've read about it and that Miles is much more clearly um, an alcoholic and... Whereas in the film, he seems to be, he likes a drink and he's had a bit of a stressful time and all the rest of it. But in the book, you know, it's morning wine kind of thing. Like he's got a problem. Like Rex Pickett did have a problem. And yes. Is the, is the book fiction or non-fiction? It's, his, it's, it's loosely non, it's, based on his life. Yeah, very much so. And the women in it are women that he knew. So um, it's, not, it's non-fiction because I, I like non-fiction. I don't like fiction because people it's, just make that up. <laughs> 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 Why waste your time? <laughs> no, and, and Jack is based on a real life guy. Yeah. Isn't he? Who, who worked on Planet of the Apes and the Truman Show. Yeah. As an electrician. So comparatively speaking, would you say that in this... Uh, not exactly, but Jack is more with Nail and Miles is more McGann. I have mi- I, that's how I was looking. Mm, I don't know because I don't know. you know back in with with Nail and I, one of them is meant to be likable. Sideways, neither of them are, that's and that's true. why it's such a challenging film. And with Nail is Miles, I would say. Oh, I th- I think it's the opposite because I think I think 
They're, they're both loser Cause, alcoholics. Because Jack is the one who ditches Miles all the time yes. and, and leaves him in the lurch and does whatever he wants. Yeah. And it's all about him and his shit. And, you know, I'm going to do this and, mm-hmm. you know, shouting at Miles. And so oh, that's why I'd position Miles in the more McGann kind yeah. of uh, M- M- uh, Marwood role. Sure. Mm. Um, apparently Alexander Payne, he's flying back from Edinburgh, he's been promoting a lecture and he reads the book, tells his agent he's got to have it. He likes the novel because the characters were, quote, so fucking pathetic, (laughs) (laughs) which I like. A little bit about casting. Uh, George Clooney wanted Jack. That didn't happen. Um, Edward Norton was considered for Miles. I think Clooney's an interesting Jack. I don't think anyone could be better than Thomas Hayden Church. Sure. I think it's, you know, similar to Withnail in that it's yeah. perfectly casting the two leads. And obviously he made The Descendants next, or yeah. one one next with Clooney. Yeah. But he would have been good. But I think he would have you been can't, good. You can't meet this guy, I don't think. Yeah, it is perfect. Um, yes. I read somewhere that when Paul Giamatti got the role, he thought it was a bit of a joke because he'd been cast in a lead and that, mm. you know, that's not the sort of thing that happened to him. Mm. He was the, the guy time. from, he played, that Truman Show character in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Virginia Madsen as Maya, she got nominated for an Oscar and then Sandra Oh as Stephanie. Now, Sandra Oh was married to Alexander Payne at the time, which brings me on to Rex Pickett. So this <laughs> oh, is how I felt I know what's this. coming here. This is <laughs> Have you vile. read this? Uh, Vicky gave me, uh, let's call it a soupçon of uh, info on this, but no. Wait, I'm sorry, are we doing a pre-show now? That I, Are you having your pre-show again? Were you not in the meeting? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do it every week. Oh, sorry. So anyway, I, you know, go down the rabbit hole and then I find this interview. What is it? Is it called Palette Press? It's a drinker's magazine. It's Palette Press. Palette Press. So uh, Rex Pickett's written a book, a follow-up to Sideways called Vertical, and the interview is ostensibly to promote the book. Now, he had to self-publish the follow-up. That's a fucking red flag, right? Your book, your first book is massive. Mm. Second book, he says his publishers fired him over the ending, so he self-publishes the fucking thing. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, the um, ending, I, I can see that, though. I think the ending is a, is a euth- it ends up being a euthanasia story. Yeah. Wow. Um, about, about the mother, who obviously we meet in the movie. Yep. So, Maya in Vertical. Maya, played by Virginia Madsen in Sideways, only appears in it very briefly. Now, Terra, Terra was, uh, that's who Stephanie became. She was called Terra in the book, which right. I think is fucking irritating as shit anyway spelled terror t-e-r-r-a terror earth wine terroir okay fuck me that's irritating it's and fine. i normally like stuff like it's that fine. i thought you, more, you meant terror because she was wild oh no 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 right. terror yeah earth. i think i think you're being unnecessary i know because i wouldn't here. normally be bothered but then when i read more about rex pickett i was like oh that's lazy and contrived and what, I so what, what else did rex pickett say so this is what happened so in <laughs> is it better or worse than meat sacks <laughs> that's not my fault that's mm. his fault so Stephanie's out of the story in Vertical. She's moved to Reno to become a lap dancer. And the interviewer is like, oh, tell me about that, Rex Pickett. What's the thinking behind that decision? Um, and he said, quote, I'm just going to read it all because I was, I was like, I can't believe this is like right, out there. I'm, I'm ready. Quote, yeah, Sandra O oh made a lot of changes to my script. She boasted about it on a, a podcast on NPR called Fresh Air. She changed the name of the character to Stephanie. She changed her vehicle to a motorcycle. She added in the mixed race kid, his words. I hate that bowling alley scene in the movie. I leave every time I see it. There's nothing wrong with that scene, Rex. Calm the fuck down. We go on. Because I, 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 watching it this time, I'd read this interview and I was like, I'm going to ch- I'm gonna see when, yeah, I, when this right. And it was like, no, it's, it's a great fine. Scene, great it's scene. Fine. It adds to Jack's character being yeah. even more of a dick. Brilliant scene. Anyway, so then Rex Pickett goes, Alexander Payne had just married Sandra Oh. He was in love with her. Ale- obviously, Alexander would never have taken those suggestions from anybody else. Then they had a bitter divorce and she got half the money he made from Sideways, which was a lot of money because Alexander got points from Gross Worldwide. But then when she got the role in Grey's Anatomy, that was afterwards and she didn't have to share that money. 
Sidebar, just this is me talking. That's the law, Rex Pickett. Mm. Get the fuck over it, I'm so, right? Well, I'm already confused. So he thinks, even though he's not Alexander Payne, yeah. he's angry on Alexander Payne's behalf that yeah. a role Sandra O oh got yeah. after their divorce, Alexander Payne <laughs> didn't, didn't see any of that money. Yeah, he's bitter about that. And then, then he That's says, also just mad. <laughs> And but she added says, a motorbike, so... <laughs> yeah. And then about Terra's new life in vertical, quote, lap dancing. This is so gross. That's a little wave to Alexander, Pickett said. I'm not happy that she changed the role, so it's screw you. What the fuck? Then so, in another interview... Wait, so he's, so he's made the character a lap dancer as a fuck you to Sandra O. Oh. Yes, No, no, but, but because what he's done there is he's written her out of the story. She's mm. not in the story. And so when Alexander Payne makes the inevitable sequel out of his book Vertical, right. she won't get to be in it. Got you. Yeah. Which is so where his brain's at. When's that coming out? It's coming very soon. Great. <laughs> so then in another interview... Rex Pickett says, Alexander Payne read Vertical and he loved it, but he said he didn't want to do a sequel. He said he respects the director, but he can't understand his intransigence. Why don't you stop trolling his ex, who I think he gets on with? <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's wrong with this person? How can he get on with her? She got half the money he made <laughs> for this movie. That's just divorce law, not I mean, your battle. I will say both books sound quite good. He's written a third book as well in Chile. They all sound good. I think he's a good writer. I think this is a very bitter angry man in real life yeah me too um and 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 I, i've got some stuff about what was cut out of the book and what was cut out of the film that we can talk about later it's interesting what didn't make it in i mean it i haven't read sideways but it does sound like a terrific novel yeah it does to be fair it's funny that it yeah like I say it was a bit you know a bit fire sale kind of thing like why was there no potential in it i don't know but he is i mean what we're saying here is what i said earlier he is miles yeah I mean, Miles is awful, but it's, it's, that's what I was saying to you. Alexander Payne has made something amazing out of an awful person, and that's the joy of the film. Miles and Jack are terrible, and yet you go on this journey with them and you, you feel like you've had a very satisfying experience at the end of it. But if you met Miles in real life, if you met Rex Pickett, that's not a nice experience. Yeah, awful person or just a deeply flawed person. I don't want to say someone's... Well, this, I was saving this quote, but it, this this okay, pissed me off. So he was t- so Rex Pickett did have a drink, an issue with drink, uh, which is what Sideways is about. I think he might be on the other side of that now. I'm not sure. But the interviewer in the thing I read was like his parents were alcoholics. Okay, so Rex Pickett's parents are alcoholics, mm-hmm. and that was very bad for him. Quote from the interview: He doesn't blame genetics for his drinking. Instead, he blames his mother. <laughs> so he says, "Quote from Rex Pickett." Um, I had never hugged my mother. She'd never hugged me. My mother never wanted to have children. I was never breastfed and both my brothers were huge alcoholics. Like, way to absolve responsibility for yourself mm. because your mum didn't breastfeed you. Well, now I'm an alcoholic and that's your fault. I find that astonishing. In a grown man, to even be banging on about breastfeeding anyway is alarming, but also to be like, I didn't get any affection and that's exactly why I am the way I am. Sure, but move past it. Um, I do have another quote. Oh, about on. the writing of Sideways. Go on. Um, he says, I don't know if I'll ever find happiness. I was the one who broke up with my ex-wife. I felt like I needed to put myself in another place so I could write about it. <laughs> wow. He broke yeah. up with her to write about breaking up with her. <laughs> I mean, that is the... That That's is the quote. Said, Out of context, it, yeah. those are the words. Yeah. So anyway. that distracted me. So I have no more research apart from, as you know, it won Best Adapted Screenplay, Os- the Oscar, and Alexander Payne was nominated for Best Director, and Thomas Hayden Church was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. He didn't win, did he? I, I think we should talk... Yeah, no, he didn't. I, I think we should talk about those at the end of this, though, after we've talked about the performances, because it stra- it's a strange Oscars, and it's a, some strange decisions there, I think. Yeah. All right, then. So we can talk about the film now, now that I've got that off my chest. <laughs> feel better? I do feel better. Good. I just... 
I don't know. Feels like you've been carrying that for a few days. I was just astonished. It was the it was Rex Pickett's tone, but it was also the the enabling tone of the interviewer, the way that they seem to collude in this, describing what uh, sommeliers as hotties I mean, they, and stuff like that. I just uh, found it gross. Yeah, but they're... And the podcast... It's very, very difficult when you're an interviewer in that situation. And, you know, I'm sure the interviewer might, in their head, have been going, I challenge everything this man has said, but mm. they are being paid by a magazine to get sure, an interview yeah. with him. Yeah. And you, you want the juicy have, stuff. You, you want the juicy ball. stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. And the podcast, which I'll talk about a little bit, um, that's about him, an Australian guy, talking about wine and writing and the movies and the books. And so they're doing a podcast together, so they're on the same side there as well. But it's, it's interesting what didn't make it in, which I think might have worked anyway. All right. Go for it. Here we go. So, Miles, he's getting ready. He's late. He lies. He doesn't care. He takes his time. He then eats a spinach croissant, which I didn't notice the first time around. Big yes from me. That's delicious. Sounds great. Sounds amazing. Mm. But then he does crosswords while he's driving big with, no, with cheese or something. Sure. Like I mean, spinach on its own in a croissant must be a bit grim. I think it sounds lovely. Okay. I think it sounds really delicious. Uh, so, as I said in the book, it's, you know, they're the sort of establishing stuff around Miles. He is, he's, he's not, you know, he's more of a mess, but he's drinking in the morning. It's not a sort of cutesy thing. Is he? In the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. Well, we, no, we, but we, I think we've got to presume, having watched the film, that he's hung over. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you don't realise it the first time you watch it. This, we, is, a, this is a drunk man who's... who's he says very, very quickly that he was at a tasting the night before, but he was doing it because he wanted to get the best stuff for their trip. Yes, that's true. Mm. And, yeah. and, and, and obviously this started as, you know, it started as a screenplay that he couldn't get right. Then he turned it into a short story. And the short story was Miles at a tasting that turns into a brawl. And he wrote that short story, read it back and thought, oh, this might be the start of a novel. Mm. And that's how the journey began. So we don't see that. But that, that, that wine title the night before, I guess there probably was a fight at. Okay. Yeah. So just before we like act one turn, we're going to go on our journey. We, uh, Miles stops to pick up Jack. Now... Is that Jack's soon-to-be in-laws' house, or is yes. that Jack? Okay, so they're very 100%. wealthy. Hundred percent. Right, I think Jack has no money. Yeah, and he's about to marry into oh, I money. See. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we're kind of led to believe, or he acts like he's got the money. But I think this marriage, a lot of it, is to do with the financial. Because do we do we believe that he loves her? I don't know. Maybe he does love her, but it's he needs money. I think in his own way, he does love her. I yeah. don't know that he loves anyone. I think he loves him. Yes, and I he's think... the most important person. But yeah. she might come across second. I don't know. If, uh, that, there's only one genuine moment near the end where he's like, "I'll be nothing without her." Yeah, that's not, like, but that's about him. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. So I don't. I don't think so. I think it's it's convenient for him because you know it elevates him into a world where he can sort of do his acting and he doesn't have to finance his we, own. We existence. know. Yeah. We know he doesn't have money because he wants to go into the family business. Yes. Because the father-in-law makes money. Yeah. Yeah. So we are. We're off on our trip. This fun stuff about, um, I think it's such a good way to set up a real friendship. There's a line later which really buttoned it for me, which I'm skipping ahead a bit, but uh, Miles is concerned that his novel's never going to get published. And Jack, Jack's just like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's Will, and not really uh, honouring those concerns. Mm. But he's his buddy and he believes in him, but it's also more convenient for him to believe in him because he doesn't have to deal with any of the angst of like, maybe I'm never going to be published. So when you believe in my writing, are you, what, are you being a friend or are you being real? Uh, uh, Jesus, Chris. <laughs> What? Half a bottle of Merlot. <laughs> Gosh, you know. Well, uh, for the pub. For not, the pub. Not even half. 
<laughs> not even half. For the, for the pub, for the pub. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. It could get dark. I'm not coming today then. <laughs> I've got to go But home. the line that buttons it later. So in this scene, Jack is like, you'll do it, man. You know, your books will be published. Just because it hasn't been published doesn't mean it isn't going to be published kind of thing. Later on, when they go out to meet Maya and Stephanie, he's like, dress nicely. They think you're a writer. <laughs> oh, so funny. I, I, I think he gaslights him a few times here with, with lines like that. Yeah. It's really, really, really undercut, <laughs> undercutting and under, undermining his friend with with just yeah. these little microaggressions. But that's what I think true friendship is. So I see them as like the best friends that have ever been. Mm, I don't know, but is he doing it for a laugh or is he actually doing it to undermine his friends? That's how you see friendship. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's just become very clear. Yeah, yeah. sparring. Mm, always, always, always trying to well, get we, the upper hand. We are hand. horrible to each other, aren't we? But honourable or horrible? Horrible. Yeah, but it's horrible. Fine. Yeah. It's fine, isn't it? It is fine. Yeah. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah, of course. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be hanging out. I mean, yeah, we all do therapy as a result of it, but that's I fine. can't afford therapy, yeah. but you can um, share some of the lessons I share yours. about you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just give him a my, ring. Any tips? My, my missus is taking clients. Oh, yeah. That would I, be interesting. I think I very drunkly once said to Probably. you that that was a brilliant idea yeah, for me great. to talk to. You'd be talking to her about me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris said this on the podcast. <laughs> Why did he say that? <laughs> when does therapy become just people bitching? Yeah. He <laughs> said I have empathy partner. for a sexual assaulter. <laughs> Can you talk to your partner, please? Because he's being a dick to me right now. So anyway. He's being um, a dick to me too. <laughs> oh, babe. <laughs> Sisters. Yeah. So I've, we've talked about this on the podcast before and it's a little bit of a sidebar. Is drink driving illegal in America or not? It's illegal, but people do it. Mm. Right, but do they still actually yeah, do they it? Yeah, 100% still yes. do it. I've been in cars in LA where I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. But it's like, you ha- because LA is so big and to get to a bar from a house, you, there's like, like no one gets cabs. Everyone yeah. drives, so everyone drives drunk. Because I was really astonished by the drink. Not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that. Hello, Angeli. <laughs> but it's something I've experienced in quite a, a terrifying way and it's an awkward situation you suddenly get in where you don't want to be in the car and this is not the right thing to say you've had two sips of Merlot and you're going to get yourself in trouble alright so that's established I always forget it always takes but don't surprise. drink and drive it's it, up to you if you get in a car where someone is drinking and driving so we're off to visit Miles's mum I love this section I love how much like kids they are so when they walk in and it's Miles's mum's birthday and Jack's like the flowers are from both of us <laughs> That's, that's so funny, it isn't is it? It's so funny. That's where I think that's the moment you really fall in love with Jack. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, already I'm on board, but like that is funny. And they're old, older guys and they sit there and Miles lets they're his not, mum. They like, were older guys, now they're younger guys. They're kids, yeah. <laughs> and his, obviously his mum wants to do it, but he just sits there. She's like, do you want something to eat? And he doesn't move. He's like, yeah. yeah. And like lets her make a full dinner. 100% been there. And so. You're in this... Imagine you're seeing it for the first time. It's a really gentle start. You know, you've got this brilliant, like, uh, repartee between the two leads. And you're with Miles, and you're like, I'm not, you know, you're obviously quite angsty about the publishing, but it's quite a privileged thing, and so whatever. And then he steals from his mum. And it's just awful. It's it is, unbelievable. It is so ballsy. Mm. That yeah. is what you're taught not to do as a screenwriter, is to yeah. have your protagonist do something that unforgivable yeah. in the first 10 minutes it is amazing to hate yeah. the cat moment yeah and the genius of it is oh, good, about five minutes idea. later his mum says do you need any money so as if you could well, it fades already, out yeah. it fades out with her saying that the, yeah. the sequence which is which is wonderful and it's um they've made it a bit more ambiguous in the book um the mum's much more wealthy yeah she's in a wealthy area she's in a nice house and he's much more desperate and so it's interesting that alexander payne put them closer together yeah also 
Wow, Giamatti makes the saddest miserable face I've ever seen. Mm. He's just, I don't know. Anyway, this is this is a performance for the ages. <clears throat> yeah, because you don't feel miser- sorry for him because he's just stolen from his mum. Mm. Well, so. The only thing that softens it slightly for me is that he's stolen from his mum and she has been so nice up until this point. And you're like, oh my God, this is awful because she's lovely. But then there are little bits of the way she talks to him and the fact that he calls her Phyllis, I think, at one point. And you sort of go, actually, we've just seen the best of her at the start and then he's stolen money and we're like, this is really awful. But actually, I think they... I think her going, you should go back to Victoria. Well, she, and there she, are he, elements of talk, her. Alex, you're right. She talks about how intelligent and beautiful she was. Yep. It's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ex was. Yes. Yeah. So you can kind of see... And I think there's an... I think... I don't think his mum is that naive that she's just doing it by accident. I think there's something calculated. That's the way I interpret it. She's not as nice as she seems at first. No. Mm, Exactly. I mean, on a very basic level, she invites, is it Wendy, the sister, or Wendy and the twins, Mm. over tomorrow, we're going to go to the Sheraton, we're going to go for brunch. And she hasn't asked if that's all right. And they are both grown-ups and, you know, you want to check with your son if that's okay. She kind of railroads him into it. But then on the other side, you're like, she never sees you. And so she's taking the yeah, opportunity. Yeah, I think that's to... okay. It's and more... it's her fucking birthday. Oh, yeah, and it's her birthday. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So it's, that's why it's, it's a perfect scene. Um, so then we're off to our first wine tasting. So we established Miles knows a shitload about wine and Jack doesn't. And that makes us like Jack because this might be a British snobbishness thing that you might not feel. But I think we, it's maybe quite old hat as well. But if you know stuff about wine, it's a bit posh and it's a bit fancy. And there's a certain pride in being like, I like red or I like white. And I don't, I'm like, in, in the car. What, do you know laws about wine? No, no, I no. No, it's just funny, isn't it? Like, that's the difference. It's like, yeah. I, red or white is as far as I get. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Sometimes pink. I think it's great if someone knows about wine. Yeah, me too. You just don't want them to go on about it. Yes. I just, I could, it's which is what Ma, That's what Miles wants to do. Do you yeah. think people really know about wine? I have a, I have a yes. theory that it's all just bullshit and no. it's all a massive confidence trick and it's just people one-upmanshipping each other without really any knowledge. And I think it's just like... Well, that's what I think. I think I think it's maybe more in the novel. I think there's an idea that that's Miles who's who's actually parroting a lot of stuff. Mm. He's not the oracle that he's presenting himself as. And I don't never believe he is because his attitude, mm. he's talking to winemakers and he's saying, I lend you legitimacy because I like your product. Mm. Whereas they're like, we make this stuff. We know it's good. But he gives them his seal of approval, which to him is everything. But to the winemaker, they encourage it and let it happen because he's a customer. But they must be thinking, fuck off, Dick. Like, we know it's nice. Do you know what I mean? But I do. I, but I do also do think people love wine and yeah, like to talk about wine. And I love football and like to talk about football. Yeah, that's but boring I, as well. But <laughs> I, that's where I'm going, though. I never, I never do it with you. I, I don't bring it up and I don't talk about it because it would be so boring. It is. You. I can, I can vouch but I, for I do that. hardly ever do it. Thank you. Let's be fair. It's true. And so I'm all for wine experts. The just dude in the hat. Time and place. The guy in the hat with the long hair who runs that vineyard. That's actually his vineyard. You I've met him. It. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, uh, TM, trademark the best job I ever had, was making uh, introductions for movies on Sky. <laughs> and all the movies were set in California. And so we just drove <laughs> round places. Wow. Whose idea was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, actually the California Tourist Boards. Uh, oh, idea. lovely. Oh, lovely. Uh, they were Synergy. Like, they were like, let's sell, let's sell <laughs> yeah. California. So I just turned up to places. Like we we like sideways would be on Sky Movies, and so I turn up and like to that Hello vineyard from sideways. and just like do an introduction, be with him. He was fucking lovely as well. He That's was a amazing. really nice. guy. He looks nice. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because what was it called? The food program. And so when we were growing up, 
there was that wine expert and mm. it was a comedy she became a comedy oh. figure the and, lady and, with and the Lloyd, curly hair yeah, 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 yeah. Jilly Jilly yeah Jilly Jilly, yeah, yeah. Jilly, Jilly no, not, not Jilly, Jilly Cooper, Cooper. No. Jilly I was something. just going to say that and the Lloyd Grossman thing and these things are very old now but it became a way to demarcate your class which is I know fuck all about wine and I don't give a shit and I know loads about wine and I do really care about it I think now we're maybe in a more mature place Jilly Goulden yeah I mean for Mine and Mark's 20 year anniversary we went to this restaurant in Fox and then it was a, like a wine place and so we, I picked it because someone had said that it's the, the menu's really locally sourced and lovely and it's very limited and it's like whatever they can gather that day or whatever and so we got really upsold on the wine because we were very drunk by the time we rolled in there and the way she upsold me it wasn't like what it tastes like she was like let me tell you the story of this wine because mm. she could see us looking at the second cheapest like we always do and she's like I can see this is a special occasion let's bump you up kind yeah. of thing so she's like the woman that makes this wine her son passed away and she toils the land herself sold <laughs> fucking give me all of this I wine say, I, I feel I should say at this point where I am on the wine scale so uh, for as a wedding gift um, uh, Mark and <laughs> Mark and Vicky uh, sent me a, a, a bottle of something and I opened it and I texted back going, thank you so much for the wine. That's really thoughtful. And Vicky texted back going, it's not wine, it's mezcal. <laughs> Don't pour a massive glass of it, you idiot. So there, that's oh, it. that's what did me at the Glastonbury Springsteen. Where I thought Sambuca was wine. Oh, yeah. I drank a lot. Um, wow. Mm. Well, she said to me, I'm not buying them a fucking trip on a submarine. <laughs> you bastard. And yes, I did say that. What the Alex, have you seen that list? It's ridiculous. It also says give cash gift. There's an no! option. To, all right, I didn't. I'm not having a go at you. Thanks for the wine, mess girl. We didn't talk. We didn't discuss what you're getting, Alex. It's to the same value. Like, if like, have you about. seen the list? There's a fucking trip on a submarine. I'm not. He'll never fucking do it. That's what. I did did and then someone bought it. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go Pete? on a submarine then? Was it Pete? It was oh, Pete. brilliant. Of course oh, now it was. I feel like a shit. Yep. 
they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. All right, where are we? Okay, so we're we're, now, on, we're still on Sunday. Yeah, so we've... Um, Jesus, we've got a fucking week to do. I know, I know, I'm too hot. All right, so we get to Buellton. So Been ja- there as well. Have you? Oh, because of Sky. Um, Jack has established, this is important. Yes, because of Sky. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, listen, I'm talking about sideways. Right. So we've established, right? Jack wants Miles to get laid before the wedding. This is At this point, that is all that's on the cards, right? Mm. And Maya's here. She is an empty vessel as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't know... We get told stuff about her. I have less of a problem with her than I made out in the synopsis. Like, okay. she's a lovely person, but Miles is a prick. So why is she so... It- and she's just come from a, a relationship where someone else was a bit of a prick. Mm. So, so you, you, it's funny. So we spoke about this last week um, where you had watched it already because yeah. we pre-planned and I hadn't watched it yet. And you said that to me and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it now with a real... Because it's a good point with a real close eye on why she likes him. Yeah. And I mean... Is it a real thing? I feel like it's a real thing that some women want to wo- uh, sort of heal wounded when they're handsome. When Shh. no shade on Paul Giamatti. No, no, I agree because there is there is a disconnect in them looks. He's got nothing. <laughs> He's coming with nothing. Because I, I, I'm, I'm saying that as someone that is on the Giamatti scale. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, so so <laughs> women want to heal wounded um, birds that are good looking. I think if you what's <laughs> well done. <laughs> no, but is that? But what yeah, about yeah, the wounded boots, birds that aren't that good looking? Well, don't, there, there don't is be wounded. Literally, yeah. fact, there is absolutely no reason why she would go out of her way to make the effort she does with him. A hundred percent. It's like he's just—he's actually rude to her, like yeah. uh, at points, and like you know, it's like mm. why would you put that time and energy into someone who who literally like. There's a way of doing it where you can you you sort of go he's shy, but it he, he, it doesn't come across like that. Shy, when no. he says I'm going back to the motel, I want to get some sleep, it's like you know that he says it in a way like I I, I literally do not want anything to do with you. Also, it might be performative yeah. for his best friends, but when Maya meets them for a drink after work, no, sorry, pre that when Jack's like, who's that girl? Oh, that's Maya. Yeah, I know her. Oh, she's clearly into you. And he says, Miles says she works for tips, and that's him saying it's not going to happen because she works for tips, and I'm a writer. No, that's not what he's saying. It is what he's no, saying. No, that's not what he's saying at all. He's saying she's being nice to him. Oh, because, because she, she works, works for tips, for tips oh, the service culture oh, thing yeah, in America. Okay. Yeah, all right, I see that now. I didn't see that before. I thought he was just being an extra prick. No, no, no. I, no, no but no, no, I don't no. think I don't think he's he's being horrible to her when he says I want to go home to sleep. I think she can see that he can't Fine. deal with the just her. Would it work if she was less good looking? 
Oh, I don't know. It would work it's if she was co- more wounded. Then it'd be like kindred souls. Less beautiful like... meat. Sir. Well, no, but you've, you've said she's come off the back of a bad relationship. Yeah, so she wouldn't hurl herself. Well, irrespective of what she looks like, she's come off the back of a bad relationship. He seems like, he's not toxic. He just seems like a mess. I don't know why she would. That's also, why she, she might would... have a type, though, because she, she, was, mm. she was going out with an older man, a, a philosophy professor. Mm. So there, there might be something about men like that who are yeah. quite awkward and difficult that actually... Does she it for her? She loves, yeah. But yeah. then she talks about her ex. She seems to have really moved past it. She seems quite empowered. She's like, I can't remember the line. It's like, I realised he was a fraud. Mm. Yeah, that's the problem. The problem is that later on in the film, she says, like, I got rid of him because he was bad news. So even if she did have a type who was that guy, she actually actively says, I do not want that again. I've just yeah. got over that. But then can a bird change the colour of its... Uh, leopard change its spots, rather. Yeah. I know. I just... I've, a bird mixing changed, metaphors. A bird changed the colour of its leopard spots. <laughs> I'm a bird. I own a leopard. Can't. I want to change its spots. Is that possible? I fear this is the most relaxed podcast we've ever done. Because the other thing is, there's a moment later, which again is totally in keeping with his character. And I love all of this, by the way. I'm not... I don't think this is a, ch- a problem with the film. It is the film. And it's perfect. They they go into the kitchen, Stephanie's kitchen, and they open a bottle of wine that mm. uh, Maya has picked. He sips it. And is it that he really likes it? And then she sips it and she's like, actually, no, there is something. They rushed it. There's too much alcohol in it. And rather than going, he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. And she goes, thank you. And it's like, so you were wrong and she was right. But the emotional beat of that is that you give her your legitimacy again. She says, thank you, rather than fuck that's you. His, I was but right. That's his, like, that's his character. At this point, she's either bought into, like, that is him. Yeah. He, he's going, he, he has to be the oracle of knowledge on, on wine, yeah. whether it's real or not. And so... You know, when you know, I think that's a nice thing he's he's doing in his own perverted way. Mm. Yeah, that she kind of accepts. Because mm. yeah. I would be that would make me mad as hell. I'd be like, I, Yes, I know I was right. I thought that, that would was... make you mad <laughs> as hell. Yeah, you you're not you're not Virginia Madsen. <laughs> no, Stop not. saying you are. But I'm not an empty meat sack either. I can wish you that. work for tips. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Could I be any nicer. nicer to you? I am nice to you. I'm much nicer than I should be. All right, anyway. So next plot point. This is important. So Jack is now clear that he wants to get laid before his wedding. Mm. So th- this is this is this is entering Act Two now. So this is the main. This is the turning point, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, okay. the turning point. We're off. We're on our journey. Page ten. Off we go. But a little bit of an engine, which is Jack is going to get laid before the wedding. But it's, it's also this wonderful conflict because now we realise that they're trying to push their own vacation on the other person. Yeah. So one person wants to get drunk and one person wants to get laid. The other people don't want that. Yeah. And that's what they've got into this week. And that's where the drama comes from. Yeah, I think the writing is so perfect in that you, the way you could do that, a cheaper way of doing that is before Jack says, I want to get laid. Sorry, Mm. he says that first and it's like, oh, okay, jeopardy, conflict, something. But we sneak it in because he's like, Miles, it's all about you and I really want you to get laid. Mm. And then he's like, oh, P.S., I want that too. Mm. And it kind of like slips in unnoticed, but it becomes so important. I just think that's really, really brilliant writing. Love it. Um, So... Like you said, Miles' plans for like this quiet week of golf um, is is going to be off the cards because what Jack wants is going to shape their week, kind of like with the Withnail and Marwood thing, mm. like what one person wants. It's amazing uh, what Jack does. It's so like it's so well realised this whole relationship that he strikes up with Stephanie. Have you? Have you yeah. I've, I've. I feel like I've seen that guys who when they're away from their partner, yeah. can create a whole alternate universe yeah. with someone who they are only going to see for about four or five days yeah. and just convince them of everything and create this whole other narrative mm. and then just poof, gone. Yeah. And also because... Has this and, happened to you, Alex? Uh, no, uh, yes. 
fourth guy in the California tourist board, remember? <laughs> With that barman. Who's the guy yeah. in the cowboy hat? Uh, he wasn't as nice as he looks. Uh, was it? Uh, <laughs> a bit rough. Was it, the, was, it, was it the wild boar hunter that was in uh, the book but didn't make it into the script? Don't know about There's it. a scene where Miles uh, meets a wild boar hunter at the bar and they get drunk together. Now, it sounds crazy, but apparently there's a real problem with wild boars in the California vineyards. Mm. And so they do have to hunt them because they will ruin them. And they make friends and... and <laughs> I was ruined by this boar. <laughs> ruined! <laughs> you ruined me! So Brad the wild boar hunter goes on a hunt with um, Miles with shotguns Brilliant. and Jack joins them and, and it ends up with Stephanie... Rather than the, you know, hit, beating him up outside uh, the hotel oh, with a handbag or whatever, scene. she's got a shotgun Brilliant. that's come out of this scene. This is a good thing from the book that might have worked in the film, mm. but apparently Alexander Payne said it's just too big a, it's too big a sequence for the budget we've got. So, yeah. anyway. So, Stephanie, she, I've always, you know, the first time I watched this film, I was, I'm less mad about the two women this time around. I, I haven't really interrogated why, but the first time around, I was a bit pissed off because it's like, we have available divorced one who's a little bit damaged from her previous relationship. Great. What is her friend going to be like? She's just hot and available. And there isn't, there's not much more nuance beyond that. Like, she's a mother and that's a thing. Um, but she, and also, there's a moment where Jack, I think he's lying, but he says to Miles, she knows the deal. She knows we're only here for four or five days and she's still up for it. And I believe that about Stephanie. Why can't she have this four or five day thing? But then he sort of takes it too far and he's like telling her that he loves her and he's buying presents for her daughter. And mm. it, it, that is really cruel. Um, but I wish they just kind of kept it at like, she can just have this fling. That's the sort of person she is. Mm. And she's happy to move on. I don't know. I've, I don't know. I know we don't really learn much about them. But isn't that by design as well? Because Jack doesn't really ask any questions of Stephanie. It's all very superficial. So yeah. because our, our two leads, our male leads who we're following on this journey, um, are intentionally, one is very awkward and so socially inept, yeah. uh, and the other is so self-centred. So they wouldn't really find themselves in a situation where they were asking that many questions of these women. And so... It, it really is quite realistic the way that they yeah. are betrayed. It's hard, isn't it? Because I just imagine you're on set and you're saying, like, good on Virginia Madsen, like, for getting the Oscar nomination. But how do you say to an actor who's turned up for work, we don't know anything about you because mm. these two leads who we're going to spend a lot of time with, they don't ask the question. Don't worry, I know. It's a motorbike and <laughs> Stephanie's my name. Fuck <laughs> you, Rex, you dick. So now, Miles finds out that his ex has remarried. He's not happy about that. So there's still some feelings there. There's a brilliant line, which I didn't write down, but... When, he, when they drive out to a particular field or vineyard and he says, oh, me and Victoria shared a bottle of something, something, and we had smoked salmon and asparagus and we didn't care. That's fucking amazing. That's so good. He reminds me of a combination of Frasier and Niles. I yeah. think Miles is. Yeah. But I always struggle with Frasier as a show because Frasier's never short of female attention and I never understood it. Well, yeah. I mean, every week he was with a super hot woman Young 10 woman. years younger than him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, that we, was... I was supposed to watch that and be like, of course, but mm. I just never got it. It's just... different times. He's, well, he's very charming. No, it was bad, Alex. Okay. It was, it was, I mean, I they were why. ridiculous. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm picking this battle. <laughs> so before the double day, Jack gives Miles a pep talk. No Merlot. <laughs> There's the no Merlot thing. He, he, this is when he's negging him, though. It, it's, it's, as you said, he said, they think you're a writer. And he also says, do you have any other shoes? Like, <laughs> he's, re no, he's really undermining his friend here, who's, whose confidence isn't at an all-time high. I and I he deserves it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like it. No, sure. I've got no problem with it. I'm just saying that this is Jack's character a little yeah. bit. Um, but 
Yeah, sorry, the Merlot, which you're so, drinking. No Merlot um, and also no going to the dark side. And so that, that to me is so realistic and so relatable where, you know, you you say to it and I'm capable of it as well, but it's like we're going to we're trying to have a nice night. Just don't go dark. I just don't. That's not what tonight is about. And then inevitably the person that you've said that to will go to the dark side and you've got to sort it out. So yep. and I just, you know. And then he drunk dolls his Don't ex. go to the loud side. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Where was I? The, Her- I was in Hereford. Could have, been, could have been anywhere. Literally was, a pub in the UK. I was in a Pick pub one. in the UK. I was with Lucy and it was only me and her in a beer garden because Hereford closes at four o'clock and it was half four or whatever. And I was telling a story about crisis actors, which I'll talk to you about later. And she, don't. She's <laughs> <she's> <laughs> genuinely don't. Please don't. Please she's don't. for such a long time. And she's going, you, you shout it. You're shouting. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, blah, 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 no. whatever. And she's like, you literally shout. And then this man just got up and he's like, for fuck's sake. I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> we, you need to know the truth. I know it's really bad. It was really bad. But Please it's terrible. never get lost on the moors. <laughs> the, oh, me. the way um, he delivers that line, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot, yeah. is perfect. Mm. Yeah, it is. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so anyway, yeah, he has gone Big through the dark Speaking side. of which, anyone want another Merlot? You didn't bring another one. <laughs> yeah. Do you want what? another one? Yes, you haven't opened yours. Yeah, I feel... Oh, it's a Malbec, Chris. Oh, oh lovely. That was an accident. Oh, I've got a Malbec. Oh, and I'll... anyway, Merlot. Oh, I see. Behind the curtain, mm. no Merlot for you. I just feel someone should try and keep this show on the road. I think it's going really well. Great. <laughs> I'd say you're episode. the worst, and you've not had a sip. <laughs> you were the worst one. <laughs> so imagine what would happen if I did. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Enough. Yeah, that would be the Gremlins 2 episode and the Hangover versus Bridesmaids. I don't remember either of those. <laughs> Fine. No, no, literally, I do not remember either of those. So anyway, this, I think, is a brilliant character note, again, in a character that is already challenging to love, which is what you're supposed to It's a buddy movie. It's a road movie. We're supposed to be invested in that really familiar, really comfortable way. He drunk dials his ex and we very soon find and she doesn't like him and she doesn't want him to call and she tells him not to call again. <sighs> and we find out watch. really soon that it was him that had the affair. Yeah. And that is fucking awesome. Amazing, isn't so it? So hard to do. Don't see with. it coming. No. And he's the ultimate hypocrite, this sanctimonious yeah. asshole. And it makes you feel edgy because you can't relax because you, you think, you know, you know, the warm bath of a buddy movie, but actually you've got a man that's philandering around before he gets married to someone who seems quite nice. And then you've got Miles who you want to love. She seems all right. She, she really doesn't. Well, she seems nasty. It's it, 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 she's cast in exactly the same role. She's cast as in Friends. She's Ross's. Yeah, she's yeah. Ross's ex's new partner. It's, yes. What is it, Carol or Susan? One of the two. Susan. Susan. She's yeah. Susan. I'm oh, like, I thought I, she was Ross's ex. So she's ex, the ex's new partner. She's the ex's new partner. I just can't believe they cast her in this in that role of like you know the like just like someone's ex like why just, I don't know I just feel like it was like. I, also because I don't see her in enough stuff and Friends was huge and so immediately I'm taken out of the movie and going, that's Susan. Yeah, yeah, but that's not fair. That's not fair. I think she's fine. I mean, if you don't like her, well, they're not supposed to be together. Do you like him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's um, she's it's just... naughty, isn't it? That's the thing. And that's why it's good. So mm. we go back to Stephanie's so Maya and Miles can listen to their friend shagging. It's mm, a weird thing. Which is thing. the scene from Swingers. Mm. It's The entire sequence is from Swingers, which was 96. I've always found it weird. But this might be my prudishness is that if as grown-up people if we all went back to someone's house and you can hear your two friends at it you, you've just got to go like that to me is yeah, not sure. a normal night sure. like, they're, they're in, in swingers they're in a trailer when it happens yeah. so when you're younger fine whatever but we're, yeah. we're older and it just feels a bit icky but that just might be me being uh, unless you prude. like it 
Yeah, I, it I might d- help. It help with the evening. Getting things going. Okay. Okay. We. Do you know what? It probably would. Sure. So fine. An um, audio catalyst. <laughs> That's a buzzkill, but mm. cool. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> That's what I'd be saying in the next one. Are you enjoying this audio catalyst? <laughs> yeah. And everybody leaves. So then we get Everybody, this... thank you. <laughs> I had a see of them. <laughs> so then we get this big scene where there's a lot of talking about wine. And I've mm. always found this scene... Hard because I don't give a shit about wine as much as Miles and Maya do, and I don't like Miles, and I don't know who Maya is. But I follow the dialogue, and I can see that it's a powerful moment, and I think Virginia Madsen does very well. But it's just I don't. This is, it, this is Miles not... comparing himself to Peter, the Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir it's so yeah. fucking on the nose. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, he's already done it earlier in the film though, where they talk about Pinot being very thin-skinned and doesn't like heat or humidity. So, question: Is he is he intentionally describing himself in that moment as the Pinot Noir grape, or or is it? Are we meant to go? Oh my god. He loves the Pinot Noir, but he doesn't realise why he loves it. No, I think him. he. I think he's got the nerve to be like, wow. I am. This is why I'm the way I am. I'm fragile and special. And yeah. oh my and God. You, and he he she think- doesn't look at him like, like surely at that point then, if he, if, she, if he's doing that intentionally, like calling himself that special, why is she like touched by it and not like fucking dickhead? I don't know. Honestly, it's a mystery it, to it, me. No, he can't know. Cause then I, yeah, I'm not sure he is. I'm not sure he's that self Maybe self-aware. it's like a dual level. Like he doesn't know he's doing it, but he kind of wants... If you look back, he's like, I'm glad I did it. Because I he's mean, saying to it, if someone takes the time yeah, to get to it, know it, which he is says, what she's doing. He says uh, that the grape needs constant care and attention, can only grow in tucked away corners. Only the most patient and nurturing of growers can do it. Take the time to understand its potential. Then its flavours are haunting and brilliant and thrilling and subtle. <laughs> which I think you're meant to laugh at him because you're like, you're not haunting and brilliant. Yes, and you are. You are. Of course you are. He's yeah. quite haunting. <laughs> But also, she's a horticulturalist, so he's talking about patient growers, and it's like that is, mm. you know, she she could be going to night school or where she's going to do anything, but she's learning to grow. So what is the movie saying here? The movie is saying that, like, that she, what is she in this scene? Then what what is uh, what is uh, she's Maya's... beautifully lit in this scene. <laughs> what is yeah. Maya's character? What we what we're supposed to we're supposed to take that she. Like thinks that's a cool way for him to describe himself. He's, she, she he's describing care. a grape. She thinks he's describing a grape, and only she's seen that he's talking about himself. That's that third one is the only one that makes this okay. If she's spotted, something. I don't know if she's seeing it. Uh, I, my reading is that otherwise it's terrible. <laughs> I don't think it's <laughs> I, terrible. No, I, I think it is. I, I, I think he's talking about the grape, and I, I don't. I think she's thinking about the grape here as well. Okay. No. And, then, and then as time passes, she's thinking about him as the great. I think she, what's good about her in this scene, which is why she presumably got nominated, is she she's hearing something that's quite intense and what she's reading is sexy times because we're talking in a way that's really unusual and mm. we're not making small talk. So she Haunting. meets meets him where he is and tries to do intense sexy times and he can't deal with it which is why they have that awful hug in the kitchen which is brilliant but it's just mm. a horrible moment yeah. because when he's met like for like he can't cope with it because yeah. he doesn't realise how close he's come to the edge of like oh, maybe so maybe it's not intentional because he didn't mean to come across as like sexy times kind of thing um, so yeah we have that horrible hug in the kitchen um, and then he hands her the book that's funny. That's funny. That's yeah, a that's that actually funny. it undercuts it so well. Yeah. A solid visual because it's two because it's not one mm. box. It's two. Yeah. yeah. Um. We get the scene that we talked about before where he wants an issue of barely legal, but he wants the new one because he knows them so well. Mm. So he doesn't want to be uh, handed an older issue. Then he tries to see Maya and he fails. That's quite cute. Um. And then we get this really fun like double date around the county, 
at a winery and it's lit like some sort of I don't know, like some a sort wine of hazy, commercial, yeah, hazy dream yeah. kind of thing. Like, but it looks, it's so, it's it's like paradise. Like everyone's getting on. You'll notice when they go on, they're standing by the big barrels. Stephanie and Jack are making out like kids, like they can't get their hands off each other. And Miles and I are just talking. They're just talking and they're really connecting. And it's like, oh, I get it. Like you're the physical one. You're the intellectual one. But you're having a brilliant time with these women and everything is perfect. And if you could just freeze this moment in amber and all the rest of it. And it's also, I think, based on what we know about the characters at this point as well, it's also saying that what Jack is having with Stephanie is, you know, going to be, it's a flash in the pan thing. Yeah. You know, they've already gone to 11 so soon. Whereas what... Um, Miles and Maya are doing is building something solid, the foundations. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think what we're supposed to see is this is the, this could be the start of a new long-term relationship. Yeah, of course. Which actually is button because then after they spend the night together, there's this montage, which is a little bit sickening, but they're really happy, but they're doing really couple things. But they could only be doing them over the course of like a few hours. But the, I think the film it's is saying... Bit, it's a bit much to swallow where suddenly they they, they are so well-suited yeah, that so comfortable the, the with each following other. day, they're, they're, after the first time they've been together... He can do the crossword in silence. She can read the newspaper in silence and <laughs> yeah. pull out an article about a, a white Bordeaux tasting. And yeah. Should they go to that? It's like... This how... has been together for years. Years. Yeah, I know. But then he accidentally... But second time watching it, I wasn't sure. So you tell me. He reveals that Jackie's getting married because Maya says, "Can we go? we should go to this Bordeaux tasting on Saturday. No, that's when the rehearsal dinner is. What rehearsal dinner? Jack's getting married. It looks like he heard her... And then he sort of thinks, fuck it, I'm just going to tell her. Mm. Do you think that? Mm -hmm. So he, 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 it is on purpose no, kind of thing. I, I think it was an accident, but then he had the opportunity to, yes, to, to, lie. Tell, to lie. And then he... Oh, yes. He says, when he says rehearsal dinner, that's an accident. But then yeah. he uses that accident to propel him into telling the truth. Which, is what, he could uh, have, which is what he, he wants to do. He could have doubled down. Yeah. I mean, he does that. want to do it. Yeah. He does, but that's, you know, this is where Maya is like more of a real person. When they're having their argument... He's like, I wanted to tell you. I've always wanted to tell mm. you. And she's like, well, not before we slept together. And it's like, you are right. Like, he could yeah. have told you at any point and he didn't. But it's also and very, she's right. And it's also very telling where he says, I'm not Jack. I'm his freshman year roommate. Yeah. Because as I said uh, at the start of Monday's episode, like, th these are two films about friends who shouldn't be friends. Like, it's hard to understand how they've become friends or how long they can stay friends. Yeah, it's a codependency and, thing. And, and it is codependency, isn't it? And, and, and all these guys have in common is that they shared a room. Yeah. But he obviously needs him because he undercuts their whole yeah. relationship. He's just my friend. You know, you I think in both movies you can understand why they're friends because they both provide the other with something. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. I think. But, I mean, friendship shouldn't be that, should it? It should just be nice experiences exactly, rather than... It's not a well, need That's exactly thing. what friendship is, though. Friendship is, you know, you find someone who you have a connection with and what they, what they want from you and what you want from them work in tandem with one another. I can totally see mm. both these pairings as friends. Oh, maybe not what you want, but what you get. I, I don't think I. Yeah, I, I don't think it's about wanting something yeah. at all. But Alex. what you get, you like, and what you what you. Can I don't see want anything from you. from you, Al, apart from fun times. Okay, I can provide that. And punctuality, Scr and that's it. Scrap. I mean, yeah. punctuality is very important. <laughs> <laughs> if we say we're going to start at two thirty, Chris should show up at two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> see, and no one chewed him no, out for I being know. late today. Did oh, you see what that? was I doing? We don't I was know. setting up. I was setting up a future venue and guest. Okay. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> but potentially. Potentially <laughs> being the key word. The important part is here, I can't believe, I've seen this twice and I still can't believe, that between these buddies, Miles doesn't tell Jack that he's grassed him up. Mm. So I've found that astonishing. And even though Jack knows later, we'll get to that. It's good still, drama, though. It's good drama yeah. and, you, and I, you can believe it. Yeah. That's the thing. You're annoyed and you're frustrated with him and you want to throttle him, but... 
People do that. At this yeah. point, though, I'm I'm completely on Miles' side. What Jack has done to him, what Jack has like thrown him into, all the shit that he's given him on this trip that like that Miles organised for him. You forgive Miles for you 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 let him have that passive going. I'm not going to tell him. You're yeah. like you're you're with him on that, and it also gives uh, you know. It gives Jack the ability to say that wonderful line, which I don't think I've ever heard anyone deliver a line so well, where he goes, I don't know, sure seems fishy. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, because if he's not bothered about his friendship, as in I'm just his roommate, why not tell him? The worst thing that can happen is he never speaks to you again. And I think he... Because of the codependency. Yeah, he's enthralled to him. And if he tells him and Jack... He, what has he got when he loses Jack? He's got nothing. Yeah, and if Jack says to him, we're never speaking to each other ever again, that is obviously something like really bad. He'll for... die like Withnell's about to yeah, die. Yeah, he will wither away and die. So then um, Miles finds out he's not going to be published, which, again, I think I'd misremembered. I think I... Because I was desperate for some sort of emotional peace. Mm. <laughs> so I thought he was going to get published. It's it a is... fabulous book with no home. Yeah, and also having worked in, not in the books industry, but the way that she talks to him is just perfect. Obviously, you know Rex Pickett knows what that's like, and Alexander. Well, this, Page, is, this is Rex Pickett talking to himself. It's so you've good. just written a fabulous book with no home because you just those are the things that you have to say. And to guess people. what? He had written a fabulous book by all accounts with no home. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's, it's just not the right time and all the rest of it. And mm. blaming the ind- blaming the wider industry because it's true. You know, it's hard to say to a writer. I'm really sorry. Nobody likes this thing that we both love and yeah. I've done my absolute best, but it isn't going to happen mm. because you don't want them to stop trying. So you have to sort of project the blame outwards to the bigger, you know, you you have to, and you have to flatter. It's like, it's like you're ahead of your time. You are too different, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately you're just delivering bad news all the time and trying to do it with a plomb. Like it's anyway, I've, I was very struck by that. So uh, he drinks from the dregs bucket. Jeez. I think he's quite scary in this. Like, he, I don't yeah. think he's like loser guy going off. I think he is actually quite terrifying. I think he's had a moment, momentary yeah. lapse of self-control. Yeah, yeah, he pops two Xanax. He, he, that, he yeah. needs a drink. He's just found like the thing that he has been clinging on to for what sounds like months has just been snatched away from yeah. him. It's three years of his life and all of that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's verging on a breakdown, but it's it's not quite a full break. But yeah. as Alex says, it's, it's the combination of the alcohol, the drugs and just... The situation and the news. I mean, yeah. I think I would lose my shit. Well, that's interesting because I don't think I, I would, but privately, I think it, I think you, it's a have very... you met Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be totally cool. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, obviously. But a public display is, an, is someone, another thing. If you went, I'd like a glass of wine, and yeah. someone kept pouring the tiniest <laughs> bit in the bottom of a glass, are you telling me for a she would be moment, swimming in the spit bucket <laughs> that you would be like? That's fine. <laughs> I'll wait until I get home. Thank you, and sir. And then I'll have some wine. No, I mean... Fucking, you would drink that spittoon. Can you yeah. call, Can you please call me a carriage? <laughs> <laughs> I've just... Millions of stories just popped into my head. I was like, I will just help myself at this point. <laughs> so, but I'm helping, so it's fine. Um, so anyway, he sits with his it's friend. Actually, have we got another... Uh, no, it's his wife's... No, it's it's another line because as they're walking out, uh, Thomas Hayden Church says his mother's just died. Yeah, which is Withnell's line in the pub to the big Irish guy, isn't it? And oh it's the, yeah, and it's the plot of the second book. Yeah, the plot the plot is about her dying. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I, I mean, the scene I should hate it, but I don't because I understand that it's on. Like what I find it hard to articulate, which is a bit of an issue, and it's not the Merlot. When someone's written a privileged man fucking whinging about stuff, but they want me to to think he's great, I hate it. When I'm not supposed to think he's great, I love it. So he's sitting with his friend, 
with Jack and he's like, he's like, I'm washed up. I'm nothing. You know, and he's, his life is, is, I know he's having a hard time, but no one wants to publish his book and I'm over and I'm finished and all the rest of it. And I, I think I am meant to be like, God, what a baby. Like, pull yourself together. Get on with it. Get over it kind of thing. Rather than being like, here is my hero in pain because he's not a hero and he's made some terrible choices and I don't think I'm supposed to like him. So there's a bit of schadenfreude there about enjoying his suffering, but also just it's just fun to watch and it's also quite funny. It's not quite as uh, concise as uh, when Jack says to Miles, uh, you understand literature, movies and wine, but you don't understand my plight. <laughs> <laughs> he's so brilliant. He's so good. He's so good. Then Stephanie finds out, I like this scene. Uh, Sandra, oh, I don't she think... She fucking it's, really... It's so, when she really hits him on and she says, I hope you die. I think it's amazing. Mm. She's so good. Yeah. Um, That's and, a proper beating. Yeah. And she is rightly fucked off because <laughs> I wonder if they gave her a kid at all just to make Jack worse. Like, she she doesn't talk much about... Well, you know, she hasn't got time to like talk about what it is to be a single mom and all the rest of it. But it makes Jack so much worse that not only has he sort of inveigled mm. his way into her life... He's bonded with Sienna. How dare you? It's so yeah. bad. It's mm, so bad. It's the worst. And when he runs up to her with that big teddy bear, he's like, I got something for our favourite yeah. girl. And like, that's <laughs> fucking... Sick. What it's do you sick. think you're doing? Yeah, it's really sick. But it's perfect later when Mal says, when he told you, when he said to Stephanie that he loved her, he probably did believe it. And it's like, he's just delusional. Mm. And he's living out of fantasy because he's terrified of being married. But he needs to be married and wants to be married and, and all the rest of it. And then this is fun. So Jack's got a broken nose and you wonder if all this stuff about Stephanie, because he was like, I'm going to move up here. We should buy a vineyard and all the rest of it. Was that real? And within seconds, he's hitting on a waitress. Yeah, and it yeah. is brilliant. And you get the, you know, that you don't understand my plight line. Um, and he goes <laughs> home with the waitress and then he's back to the hotel room that they're sharing the motel room and he's stark naked but he needs his wallet and he really needs his wallet. Wow. And yeah. I mean, he left because the husband <laughs> caught him with his cock in his wife's ass. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, and I, I just Miles, about... Miles' hysterics here are very funny. <laughs> it's the first time Miles has been happy in the yeah, whole yeah. film, I think. <laughs> yeah, because Jack has had to deal with consequences Come, he's got his of, his, of yeah. his lifestyle. Exactly. I, I just about buy it. I don't know why I, I'm being really picky because I do really love this film, but he's like, I need my wallet because the rings are in the wallet and the rings yeah. are really it's, special. It's a bit convoluted. And in the, in the book, it's more complicated where there's a PI following them around and they've got photographs and they blackmail him because they've been photographing and, and that becomes part of the plot. And he, they end up stealing from Miles's mum to play the PI yeah. to not give the photos to Jack's wife. It's an interesting plot. Yeah. But it's a bit too convoluted. And here, it's not quite believable, but it's worth it because we get some funny visual gags. This is so awesome. So, Miles goes to get the wallet. I think it's fair to say that the waitress and her husband have put their troubles behind them somewhat. Mm. Oh, well, I interesting. I think it's something she does regularly. Sure, 100%. I mean, oh, way, yeah, of way, course. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, way it's a talk. sex game. Yeah, okay. Did definitely. you recognise him? No. MC no. Gainey is the actor. And oh, yes, wait, he is. We've done a film. I mean, I don't think I would have remembered, but oh as soon God. as I read it, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I know you. Oh, go on. It's going to kill he me. He is when you Swamp say. Thing in Con Air. Of course he is. Is he? <laughs> yeah. And you can see that big, angry guy with his <laughs> dick out. <laughs> Not in Con Air, might I say. I love to see a penis, though. Yeah, you don't, very rarely do. Very rarely Flapping do. Flapping around as he runs down the street. It is good if you, you know, the thing about Miles, he's doing something, he's doing something that he shouldn't really have to for his friend. 
but he stops to watch for quite a long time. So again, you're like, Miles is being good. Miles is also being quite bad. Like, and I, I think that's good. Like he he's definitely looking for longer than he needs to. Mm, interesting. And, and, and uh, you know that Rex Pickett's made a play out of this that's been on the West End and trying to get on Broadway. And you can see this working as a play. He said this scene does not work in the play. Right. It's it's all about the visuals and the camera angles yeah. of that of that um, suspense of him coming around. Yeah. But they just have to change it for for, for a live. I version. mean, it is wild that he does that for his friend. I don't. I can't imagine me doing yes. that for anyone. It's far fetched, isn't it? Because at that point, let's just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then the crashing of the car, like that's <laughs> very very funny. It's very especially funny, especially when they put the brick on the accelerator and it just veers off to the right <laughs> and you think oh my god it's going to keep going these these idiots are going to kill someone I mean that's then we're getting to really broad you again fucking lo- derelict <laughs> it's Lauren and Hardy territory it's though very isn't funny, it but yeah. it, it, it's brilliant mm. so then the wedding happens and you, I love this again naughty complicated Jack you- is kind of making eyes at Miles and he's kind of saying, I am not going to change. Like, I'm really glad to be here, but we got away with it. And it's 100% going to happen again. Like, all of this stupid shit is going to happen yes, again. I think so. Um, and then Miles bumps into his ex and she's pregnant. And that is devastating to him. So, again, he's not Why even... Why is she telling me she's pregnant at a wedding, though? Well, because he wants her to go for a drink. Yeah, but you could just say, I don't really want to have a drink at the moment. I think it's, it's, it's convenient for the film, but I think it makes her into quite a cruel woman. I think she might want, she may want her revenge kind of thing. Okay. She's like pissed her off. But I, yeah, it, I read it as a convenient thing for the film. But yeah, maybe going a bit deeper. She's like, no, he's best man at a friend's wedding. Like, he's the best man, isn't he? That's another yeah. weird thing. At the start, he says, You're my best man. I want to get you laid as a best man's present. And then Miles, I don't know what kind of wedding it is, but then Miles drives away from the reception. He doesn't even attend the reception. Surely he's meant to do a speech. Yeah, but I think this the thing that's happened to him is so important, mm. as in he understands that Victoria's very much moved on. That's never going to happen. Dave tried to drive away from yours, mate. <laughs> I, I had to hold him back. Oh, that, um, speech, that speech. Do you, do you think Miles um, uh, actually donated some money on the honeymoon account? <laughs> Before he drove away. It depends. Jack was like, me and Victoria, not Victoria, me and Christine want to go to space. Will you contribute to that? No, I fucking won't. Wow. <laughs> Touche. Um, phenomenal. I really wish that had been it. <laughs> Nettie and I want to be on the, the next, <laughs> on the mission to Mars. We want to be the first inhabitants of Mars. Why not? Mm. A fucking trip in a submarine. Who calls it a submarine? There were other options. <laughs> no, not, not by the time I looked. Um, some phenomenal. Phenomenal face acting from Giamatti when she's talking to him. Like his sad sack performance here. I just want to talk about really quickly. (laughs) Something different. (laughs) I want to go against a system that was in place and just do something. I hope you're happy with yourself. (laughs) Something completely different. On the hottest day of the year. He's been drinking Merlot. I have had a sip. Oh, have you had one sip? (laughs) Watch out, everyone. (laughs) So I've slagged off Rex Pickett a lot for being uh, vile. However, the ending. I'm <laughs> the really end. worried Wex Pickett's going to listen to this. Bring it on. I'm ready for you, Rex Pickett. So in the book, this is where I was like, do you know what, Rex? I would have done exactly the same. We're the same. You're awful. I'm awful. Fine. This is how I would have done it, that Maya would have come to the wedding. Because that is such a neat rom-com ending where you've got your little act three and you wrap it all up in that nice place. Mm. Why go to another place? And it's so much better that it doesn't happen like yeah. that. 
even when they're at the wedding, I was like, even though I know it's contrived and I know it's false and I know it's super Hollywood and all the rest of it, I was very much expecting Maya to turn up and be like, let's talk, let's whatever. Maybe still have a sort of unresolved ending, but I did not expect um, Miles to drive home and open the wine and to drag out the ending the way that it does, and it's better that it doesn't. Mm. I th- See, I thought when he was going home to get the wine, I thought he was immediately going to drive and see Maya, yeah. and then they were going to have the wine together. And the fact that he drinks this, this bottle that he's been saving out of a polystyrene cup in a diner it's is perfect. great. perfect. It's so good. Great. And it's her words, you know, the, the day you open it is the special day yep. and it is it is just brilliant. Yeah, I'll be honest, I misread that scene the first time I watched it. <clears throat> I really thought it was, oh, this is his lowest, darkest moment. What a pathetic human being. To, I mean, I would like to drink a, a lovely bottle of wine in a fast food restaurant. Yeah, me too. But I don't think he would. <laughs> but yeah. obviously now I understand that, no, this is, the He's point changed, is. Yeah. yeah, the point is, it's the it's the drinking of the wine that's allowing him to move on. Yes. It's not the venue yeah. and it's not the company. It's so good. And it's oh. a personal moment to him. And, you know, if it, if the genders were flipped and a woman was waiting for a man to turn up and kind of save her narrative, I would be furious. And so it shouldn't really be any different. That I, I don't need Maya to turn up to save Miles. He saves himself. It, and I really like that. She says it's about seizing the moment, which is what he's doing, and not letting it go off, which is what he's doing about himself. It's actually the same with Withnell and I, if you think about it. It's about these guys potentially letting themselves go off and it's too late to yeah. come back from this. Yeah. Uh, the drink is the thing. And, and and it's also him gaining his confidence, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so some time passes and Maya reaches out after Miles has sent her a letter. So she loved the book. So this is another... I just find this a little bit uh, unbelievable. I think I possibly because when his agent is saying it's a great book without a home, I don't believe her. I believe that it's a pass and she's had to dress it up because she doesn't mm. want to upset her client. Mm. So it's not a good book. So then when Maya's like, it's fantastic, and all the rest of it's like, oh, that's just so... Weird, why are you being so it? nice again? Because when he describes it at the start, the first time he describes it to her, and he's like, it's sort of about, it moves about, it doesn't yeah. really have a thing. You're like, oh my God, it's shit. It's shit, yes. Yeah. And then it's sort of, by the end, it's like, you're twice told one could be fake from the agent, but, is it, but it's yeah. good. But he's is a it, good writer. Is it yeah. not the book that Rex Pickett is writing? Where he's uh, he's written an autobiographical book, essentially, opening himself up about his troubles with drinks, his troubles with women. And that's what he's written. And what Maya's connecting with is the painful things he's put in that book. Yeah. Uh, that she understands. Like, she sort of ends by saying, did you really go through that? Yeah, she's and it's such an angel. All she's concerned about is him. Like, she wants to make his pain. It's like what you said. You know, she wants to uh, save him from himself. It and... also feels like a bit of an info dump right at the end where it's, she sort of says, was that, you know, she's talking about stuff that he's gone through, which I don't think has been mentioned previously in the film about his upbringing, his about and... his family. Yeah. And so forth. And it feels like a really sort of last swing, a last roll of the dice to go... And so you, Miles is actually a good mm. guy because I'm, everything I, I Rex, seen, I Rex am a, although I've not done everything in the book, but I Rex am a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just in case. But, but it is that. It's that in, in, the, in literally the final scene, you are told everything you've watched about Miles and every judgment like that you've made about him being a bit of a dick. Yeah, it's because of who he was as a child, which is what you started by saying Rex did. Yeah, it's true. Um, that's it. The f- he runs up to a door. We not we don't get the sort of rom com resolution, which we shouldn't rightly so kind of thing. And it ends, and that's it. And you just walk away from this film going like, ah! Like It makes you struggle, which I love, to find your happy place with a resolution, with a narrative, and having just spent two hours with horrible people. But it does the thing I love. It begins with a knock on the door and it ends with a knock oh, on the door. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I love it. And there's two very key knock on, knocks on the door in the movie. This, door, this film's about knocks on doors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that's yep. awesome. But that isn't that, that, isn't that, 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 that's bottle number two right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't that lovely, though, that we can all walk away with our own um, opinions of what happens yeah. next? It's mm. a very, very masterful ending. <laughs> what I didn't film. like was I watched this on Netflix and then immediately popped up, why don't you watch a good year? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the algorithm yep. works, yep. but mm, yep. leave that to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are done for that bit. Shall we do the bits? Yeah. No, oh. I've got a couple of things I want to say. Oh. Windmill Inn is now the sideways lounge. What is in in uh, in wine com- country there? Where they go, the Windmill Inn. Oh, they've changed it. Ca- it's called the sideways lounge. Of course, it will. Um, South Park um, did an episode on uh, sideways. Terence and Philip drive around Canadian wine country with the Queef sisters. The Simpsons did a sideways episode. Uh, Homer and Cletus trip around the hooch locations directly referenced sideways. <laughs> and American Dad did it with Roger dressed as Paul Giamatti while wine tasting. <laughs> so that's. <Love> Roger. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that that serious crossover appeal, yeah. isn't it, when you've done that? But also, I sort of wanted to say something about. Yeah, the Oscars. You were going to tell us about why it was a weird year at the Oscars. So, Thomas Hayden Church and Vin- Virginia Madsen get nominated. Right. And Paul Giamatti doesn't. Weird. That is ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it it happens sometimes, isn't it? I guess Reese Witherspoon winning for Walk the Line and Joaquin Phoenix not. Mm. Um, But, yeah, and and that was the year that... uh, I don't mind him not winning. It's fine. I think Jamie Foxx won that year. He was very good in that film. As Ray. As Ray, yeah. yeah. But um, he didn't get a nomination against Johnny Depp in Finding Neverland. Wow. Now, that is just, just offensive. Someone doesn't like him, like... Well, no, everyone liked Johnny Depp. I think that was the ki- that was the issue at the time. Yeah, but it's just something's offensive. never changed. Yeah. <laughs> so the five were uh, Jamie Foxx, Ray, DiCaprio, Av- Aviator, Clint Eastwood, Million Dollar Baby, Don Cheadle, Hotel Rwanda, and Johnny Depp, Finding Neverland. There was room for <laughs> Giamatti and Sideways in that film. Yeah. Uh, he only won one Oscar, and that was for um, screenplay. Screenplay, mm. yeah. but also famously, oh, I'll get onto that. Do the bits. I'm fine. Okay, cool. So, Alex, what was your best scene? Uh, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Love it. Lovely. I know it's a little bit, but I love it. I think it's so funny. I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, me neither. It's just funny. Brilliant. Oh, mine is getting the wallet. I think it's brilliant. Like, it is tense and weird. And the fact that they are just shagging like bunnies and they loved it gives back her agency. It's a brilliant, weird CD thing. I will say, I was going to change mine to him drinking the wine in the fast food restaurant based on the conversation yeah. because Alex said that. I yeah. thought I'd, I'd Why say not? as well. Uh, your most valuable whatever, Chris. Um, uh, so we call it most valuable whatever because it means we can pick whatever. Sure. What are you picking then? I guess I'm going to pick Pinot Noir. <laughs> I read that sales went up by 16% across North America. And Merlot sales went down. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was in the States, and a similar trend occurred in British wine outlets as well. So, um, yeah, it was going to be Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, I heard that also because the demand for Pinot Noir increased so much. Quality got worse. Yeah, the quality got worse. <laughs> it destroyed the thing it loved. They were having to mix like good grapes with not so good grapes just to get the wine out. But oh. it made me crave wine when I was watching it. And it, I, I actually felt like I learned a bit about wine watching this film. And I, I bought Merlot for you guys today. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, you, uh, me. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the two leads. Uh, did you pick Thomas Hayden Church in the end, or did you go with Pinot Noir? Well, I went with Pinot Noir. Right, fine. <laughs> um, I think because it's, for me, this is like whereas with Nell and I, like it was Richard E. Grant between uh, between 
Paul McGann, Richard Lee Grant, it was Richard Lee Grant. Mm. This, I think, is much more of a double-hander. I think they play off each other really well, and I think there are moments in this where both of them are the best thing in it between Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. However, and I hope in some way this goes... Uh, the distance for compensating for his lack of an Oscar nomination. I'm picking Paul Giamatti. I think he just squeaks past Thomas Hayden Church in this as the better of the two. And my reasoning is not going to make you happy, but it's because Thomas Hayden Church plays this exact character in All About Steve. And that tarnishes it something. Was that before this? No, this is after this. Yeah. So he'd taken this character and played it in All About Steve after this, and All About Steve is genuinely one of the worst films we've ever seen. But it, but it happened after this. Yes, but oh, it I don't care then. But it tarnishes this well, performance. It's, and it's also interesting to see where their careers went, mm. isn't it? Because ultimately, Hayden Church got Spider-Man 3. Yep. That should have been a springboard. It wasn't. Giamatti got billions in the end. That has been the springboard to make him one of the most successful actors in America, and it's 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 weird. I would have expected Hayden Church to have that career that he what just hasn't quite. Thing he did. He did the, the Sharon Horgan show, Divorce, the one with he's, Jennifer. He's good uh, in no, every... Sarah Jessica Parker. He's good in everything, but he I could have know. he could have had a semi Clooney career, yeah. um, based on the fact that Clooney nearly played this role, and he didn't. And Giamatti's the one that's really nailed it down. I don't know. It's sad. Well, mine is Thomas Hayden Church. I. Don't want to run through the reasoning. I just think he's brilliant. Fine. Um, no, please do. I, I, I just like him. Yeah. <laughs> I just like him. I think he's is it funny. that you didn't want to run through the reasoning where you don't have any reasoning? I haven't written any reasoning. Right. What I've but written is everyone's excellent. It's, 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 it's the birth of a Every, star. Everything's great, guys. Everything's great. <laughs> because he, he was on a show, was it Wings in the yeah. States, where he was a star, a, a, a TV star, and then he was in George of the Jungle, which I think where I saw him, but didn't remember him. But this is one of those moments where you're just like, wow, this is the birth this is why I'm saying all this stuff. It's the birth of a movie star. You're watching it immediately when he shows up. You're like, wow. Yes. Mm. And it's gutting that we haven't had 10 more performances like this yeah. from him in, in this kind of quality material. Uh, what would you change, Alex? It's weird. Um, so it ties do, into, do you want to make it shorter? It, it ties into something that both of you have said. So you said that you love the, the sex scene at the end because it gives uh, the, the waitress who he uh, tries to use agency. You mm-hmm. know, she's enjoying sex with a partner. It's yep. all part of a game. Yep. You also said that this was a movie you bought your parents with a bottle of wine. Mm. I, I certainly did. don't mind the fact that it gives her agency. I don't need to see them actually fucking sure. in, in this oh, movie. Not? I really feel like this is a sweet, charming, mature mm. adult movie, which both sex scenes, the bit where he's having sex with Stephanie in the room and this scene, I just... It just doesn't feel like the movie that needs to do that to make it seem grown up. Yep. I, I, I really, like both times, especially because I think this is a movie that I could sit and watch with my mum and we could both enjoy it. But the minute that fucking scene comes on at the very I, I, end, it's just too explicit. I did, wa- I did watch I it with feel, my parents. I feel really... I, 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 I don't just, remember feeling uncomfortable, though. Like you so have so a very flesh. great relationship about, with your parents. I'm about yeah. 30 mm. and at the time and I think it was fine. It was just... Yeah, I, I, find, I, I, found, I, found it too, I found it too much. So I yeah. didn't know Alex was such a prude. I knew you'd say that. I wrote down Chris is going to call me a prude. Right, where? Yeah. where? Yeah. What would you change? Uh, what do, you, do you think I'm being? Do you think I'm I being mean, a prude? I, no. I it's. I think tonally it is a little bit of a sharp turn because you do see a lot of flesh. Mm. And, they, and the, there's a lot of... Di- I mean, you could just hear the dialogue, maybe, and it would, yeah, you would get and it. And I think, I think it's great. I think the agency it gives it, I think all of that is great. I just don't need to see it. I I don't just, need but to do you remember the 80s? Just... It was every film had this amount of flesh. Yeah. Now, no films have this amount of flesh. This was in this in-between time, and I'm, I'm really surprised that you're, you've got a problem with That's it. That's right. Also, I and I lo- you, so would you lose the scene where we've got um, 
MC Gainey's flapping dick running down the street. I weirdly, I don't mind that so much. I think it's the act of coitus itself yeah. uh, that is is mm. quite, and and I, I think it's the it's the sort of sex game part of it as well. And like you know, it feels it feels a bit sleazy and a bit dirty, and it just sort of jars with like the rest of this movie and this sort of sentiment this movie's given me and how I felt about the movie. So yeah, it's a bit of a problem for me. No mm. sex for Alex. <laughs> I wish we had. I haven't got a very good one. I haven't either. Don't worry. I think Virginia Madsen should be less glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put the question to you. Like, does it work if she's not as fit as I guess. She is? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really notice what she looked like. I've got to be honest. So, all right, fine. That's the tiny thing. So, two tiny things. One of them a bit more important than the other. This because I, I think this film is very good. So, Christine, Jack's fiance, is leaving a lot of messages, and there's a little bit of an engine there, which is like she keeps ringing the hotel. She's ringing his little cell phone mm. thing all the time. I wonder what if maybe we should hear a message because we don't actually know if she's pissed off or if she's like, I love you, just checking in on you, have an amazing time. Mm. It's so, the hangover plot, isn't it, though, of her trying to... The hangover stole this, didn't they, of them her trying to find him yeah. on this journey. Yeah. So it's you, a bit of a trope, though, in general, isn't it? The idea of, you know, an, uh, a partner... Hassling. Yeah, yeah. Hassling, it was yeah. in two films, yeah. 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 So there's that, but then if that is <laughs> too... Gonna, wait, just let me um, let me find one more film. Just Vicky's talking. All right, so part. if that's too minor, and I know this is... Well, no, actually, fuck it. I'm not going to apologise for this. The barely legal thing tips tips his character too far mm. for me. I, I can't get on board with that. Like, it may be a sign of the times, although it's killing me to say that. It is not... It, it tips him over from someone that is a challenging character to like and to spend time with to someone you wouldn't want to be stuck so in It's so interesting you said that, because like obviously it. we had that discussion on Monday about the racial word that was used in with Nell and I taking that out. Yeah. That barely legal thing. Like if it was 40 plus he was trying to buy, would it be fine? Because he's 37 in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not that it's a poor mag, it's, it's the that, fact it's that it's kids. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know they're not kids and we No, they are because because they're legal. That's the that's the name yeah, of the gro- magazine. It's gro- it, it it's just fine. you it's and also it's a, he's a mm. teacher and it, you just think what the fuck is going on there? Like mm. it, I don't know if it's whatever. I'm do you know what? I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't I don't mind Miles being hard to love. I now don't trust him, kind of thing. So it's simple. Just make it a different porn mag. Yes. It's not about it's fine, teenagers. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. A porn mag. I don't give a shit. I agree. About I, I agree. care about it being young Sierra, and girls. Fiesta. You say these names to me all the time. Isn't that, isn't that the lyrics to Kokomo by Beach Boys? Yeah. Yeah, There's a really good change. You top shelved it, V. <laughs> you are going to make that happen. That's fine. All right. So then we are done. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, the fear in her eyes. I know. It's, it's almost. I do it because one once because you need once a, win, a week. That's why you it's do not it. even a win. It just excites me. For first time listeners, Alex, who've just tuned in for their first ever episode, what's occurring here? Uh, what's occurring here is this is this part of the show where we do the verdict. Um, we always leave a beat and look at Vicky <laughs> and the fear in her eyes that because she doesn't know how this part of the show works and who and, is meant to say. And why do say, I not know? Why do I not know? Because we change yeah, it exactly. depending so on what with me. you do. Yeah. So that's nice, isn't it? So go on then. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I don't do it. What are you We've been here about? for four hours. It's do your, something. your okay. film. Your film. I can't remember now. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! So... (laughs) (laughs) You're holding a bit of paper in front of your mouth. Right then, Uh, these are my films. Uh, So, With Nell and I versus Sideways, which film is going to come out victorious? Two great films, only one can win. I'm going to turn to you first, Chris. So, I think we're dealing with two of the best comedies of all time. 
Wow. That is how highly I think of these two films. Uh, with Nell, I think it meanders, which I didn't like the first time I watched it because <laughs> um, I didn't realise that was the point. But that melancholy, that sadness, that sincerity, that honesty, the heart and Jesus, the, the dialogue, the, the lines, the characters. Um, I think it might be the funniest film I've ever seen. So I've got to pick with Nell and I. It's not even a, it's not even a contest. Wow. That is one vote for Withnell and I. Two of the greatest comedies of all time, but Withnell and I, there's no contest. Amazing. <laughs> Vicky. Mm. I think it comes down to when you watch it. Uh, so I think when you watch Withnell, when you, if you do watch it when you're a student and you live in squalor, fantastic. And then if you watch Sideways when you're young, you're just like, what's wrong with these people? Like, why can't they be happy? Kind of thing. Watching Sideways now, middle-aged disappointment is something that I understand a lot more than I did when it came out. And the gymnastics that you have to do with Sideways because you can never settle because both the leads, their characters, are not likeable. Whereas Marwood is a nice guy. Um, and that's fine. It makes it just a bit of an easier ride. I mean, I think Withnail is obviously more quotable. But with Sideways, you're spending two hours with horrible men and you do come away from it enriched. And I think that's more of an achievement. And I want to be snide about it. There are so many things in this film that I should hate like men whinging about stuff that they feel entitled to. And I can't. I think it's, I think it's, I, I just think it's an amazing film for that reason. So I'm voting for Sideways. <sighs> Sideways and Withnell and I both wow. have a vote. <laughs> so you were right. You guys were right. This was, this is a battle. It yeah. is. It's very close. I really enjoyed both of these films. One of these films, however, remains a film that I can see myself watching regularly throughout my life afterwards. Um, I can't quite fathom how it has such an effect on me, but it has an effect on me that very few films do. Part of it is being transported almost wholly into its world while you're watching. Part of it is truly incredible performances. Part of it is... The wonderful script. It's Withnell and I. Withnell and I's winner! Genuine jeopardy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect it. But I'm here for it because Sideways it's, is a classic. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. It's really funny. Uh, Georgina, half an hour into Sideways, having just watched Withnell and I, night before with me, said, there's no contest here. Why are you even putting them up against each other? And at the end, she was like, oh, now I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nettie was a little, uh, little more dismissive. She went, uh, she went. yeah, everyone's just going to vote fucking with Nell and I, aren't they? Because no one can say a bad thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I hated with Nell and I when I was a kid. It is a bit She's a... not a kid. <laughs> We've all really That's done not barely, what I meant. Barely legal has been a theme of this episode. And That's then not what I she's meant. Not a, she's not a child. That's not she what I meant. She's <laughs> she, she is. She is. And she, and she fucking loves them as well. So. I mean, she, she is younger than Thanks. You. Thanks for all the help, Pete. Uh, <laughs> uh, right then, we have a winner with Nell and I. Don't forget, though, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on our Twitter. That is at ClashPod. All right, then, time to look ahead to next week's pairing. Chris is in charge. Chris's clue on Monday mm. was? Um, the problems with these characters keep mounting and mounting <laughs> and mounting. Yeah. So what are we doing, Chris? So uh, the first film we are doing is an action movie called Barely Lethal. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to see that now. <laughs> Nettie will love it. <laughs> 
That was a joke. Yeah. Um, we are doing Cliffhanger. Yeah! Brilliant! From 1993, uh, as Vicky told me off about it about two weeks ago, live on air, and I felt like I felt bad. So we are doing Cliffhanger, uh, which I do want to do. And um, <laughs> it's available to rent on YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, and there's some, I think it's due to Canal premium subscription in the UK. And we're doing that with the film... Barely lethal. <laughs> no, we're not. We're doing Vertical Limit, which Yay! is on Amazon Prime as well as those film. other places. Yeah. Brilliant. Really tough week next week. It is. It is. Really is. Really I is. have not seen Vertical Limit since the week it came out. I know, I'm excited to read. No, I'm excited to revisit. Good, because you've been a bit dubious about this pairing, and I'm I excited. Think it's a solid, solid pairing. I'd, I'd forgotten the Paxton. Exactly. Nah, exactly. that's gonna. That could change everything. Exactly. Honestly, it's good. It's good. All right then. So that is the pairing for next week. We are doing Cliffhanger versus Vertical Limit. That is your homework for the weekend. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us already, I know I always say at the end of the show, but do please subscribe to us. Tell your friends about us as well, and check in with us on. Twitter at ClashPod, on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. You can see behind-the-scenes stuff, videos of the show, and uh, I believe this week you'll see me in shorts. So if uh, that uh, does it for you, then uh, do check out our Instagram at ClashPod. We'll be back on Monday talking cliffhanger. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. So it's mounting. Sounds like mountain was what I did there. Yeah, we know. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.